welcome to Making More Money for You with Magnus Carter. Whether you feel that you don't have enough money to start investing or are under the preconceived notion that investing is only for the wealthy, Magnus and his expert guests are here to help you. Now here is your host, Magnus Carter. Good afternoon. Good morning, everyone. I am Magnus Carter. I'm your host today on the Making More Money for You show uh, here live on Voice America. And uh, to do a little recap of last week, uh, last week was uh, my first actual inaugural show here. And we uh, t- talked about mindfulness and how to be mindful in uh, everything you do, especially your finances. But uh, that actually leads up to today, where we actually uh, are going to go back in time a little bit to when we were kids and growing up. We're actually going to talk about how board games and strategy games from our childhood years have actually helped us or hurt us in making financial decisions throughout our lives. And with that, I have my ho- my uh, special guest here today is Sean Murphy, uh, insurance agent and owner of his own business and uh, father, son. And uh, uh, hi, Sean. Welcome to the show. Well, hey, good afternoon, Magnus. Thanks for having me in right here at the start of the show. Oh, absolutely. Uh uh, we've known each other for quite some time now, and it's uh, appropriate to actually have you on the show because uh, you've we've played these games t- together before, and uh, we've also learned a lot from from the games and throughout throughout our years together. So, uh, w- what's the first thing that comes to mind to you when you say board games? Well, you know, uh, you, you get two things that kind of come to mind when you when you say board games. You know, brothers and sisters flipping the whole table over in frustration. And, uh, you know, uh, lessons that are built that you're not aware that you're learning at the time, but stick with you for a long time. Uh, yeah, that's, that is definitely true. Uh, you're too busy trying to win the game of whatever you're trying to do. But, uh, but to do that, you actually have to follow the rules. So we can actually say we're actually introduced to rules and governance and uh, actually penalties if we don't follow the rules. Am I right? Absolutely. Uh, uh, the whole system of rewards and penalties is laid out for you uh, right in every game you play. So when growing up, what was one of the best games you learned to play or like to play when you were growing up? Well, we had a big family when, you know, so uh, when we were growing up, you know, it was uh, a lot of the games we played were how many people can you get around the table? Uh, you know, I remember playing life. I remember playing Monopoly, uh, a lot of cards. Uh, you know, but uh, it it was always those uh, those games where we could get more people around the table that were the ones that were the most uh, impactful. Oh, I, I completely agree. Even sometimes we'd have di- two different games because I come from, you know, we both come from large families. And when we got the families together, that was even more fun, <laughs> uh, especially when that happened, because you have five different types of games going on and. Uh, you hear screaming and hooting and hollering at all over the place, and you don't know where to turn uh, to actually focus your attention on. Uh, you did mention when some of the great games that we've all grown up and played, uh, Monopoly, you know, um, what stands out to you about that game? Well, you know, there's a lot that stands out about Monopoly, and one of the big things about Monopoly is one of the things that people complain about the most is Monopoly is a long game. You're not going to win Monopoly by luck. You're going to win Monopoly by having a long-term strategy when you start out Monopoly. 
uh, you know, and so you know, one of the one of the great things about it is, uh, you know, you can you you can see the flash in the pans happen with some people as they, you know, they come out the gate real fast and they've got it all figured out, and then you can watch it all crumble around them because they've made poor choices early on that are going to affect them two three hours later into the game. Oh, exactly, and the uh, the skill of the of the player and the amount of players that definitely plays into the fact of it. Uh, like you were saying there. Uh, straight out the gate, you know, that's a lot of people are right now with the investing and stuff, you know, you're hard, you're, you're going fast, you're embedding in, in uh, the new technologies new, like crypto and whatnot, the, the NFTs, the, the coins, the tokens. So that with those people, have you seen um, throughout your experience and maybe some of your own investing here that you actually gravitate towards those instead of going towards more traditional way of like you were saying before the long-term strategy of like stocks bonds uh mutual funds iras 401ks to that effect well i think there's a little bit of a kind of a combination of things that are going one you you know things are flashy mm-hmm. and they're happening fast and they're making people rich overnight they're also making people very poor overnight if they make a bad <laughs> <True>. mistake <laughs> and they've kind of taken away from some of that long-term strategy that people have been having uh, traditionally. But then we also see things like, you know, stock market crash right before you're ready to retire and you lose everything. You've got no time to build back up. Now you're working for another 10 years, uh, you know. And and so you know, there's so much information out right now and so many flashy things happening. And it's hard these days for people to figure out where to put their attention. And, you know, where it is, you know, to, to stick with one thing. And you see a lot of people jumping from one thing to another to another and not really focusing on, on one thing and focusing on it long term. And so for me, I think, uh, you know, a couple of things that I've been, you know, really focused on is, uh, you know, where can, where can I take place in market gains, but not take, uh, not participate in market losses. And uh, that, that's been uh, kind of a big eye-opening thing for me and has been uh, helping with a little bit of my portfolio. But now I've also started looking into things like, okay, who can, who can, we, who can we get in with as they're getting started and, and you know, really bank on whether or not they're going to be a success? Okay. That does take you know a little bit more of a of a capital investment at first, though, than you know just being able to buy a few stocks here and there. Okay, so what you're okay, so let's relate that back to the board games and what we have actually done when we were children. So when you're saying that is that that actually equates to buying more all the properties that you land on, mm-hmm. going full board with the houses, mm-hmm. um, and not taking in into any consideration of where you land up next. Right. Right. And, you know, exactly that. It's like, you know, everybody thinks that they want to have Boardwalk and Park Place. And uh, you're going to make far more money by having a couple of properties on each side of the board, some places you can land safely, and uh, some places with some small investments that are going to continually pay rather than that one big payday that you're hoping for that may never come. Oh, I, I agree. My you know, one strategy I love to do is I, I love to take the orange ones by free parking because everybody wants to get into free parking to get the free money that everybody, when people go to jail or the chances or whatever. Mm-hmm. So if you actually look at that, the actual return on investment here, we'll actually talk about the stock and uh, investment and, and returns 
is that has a higher investment and probability rate because of the three properties than the two over by where Boardwalk and Park Place are. Mm-hmm. So, and the railroads are much the same way. You know, you got a twenty five percent return on investment on the railroads if you own all four, and there's one on each side of the board. But yeah, so you know, spread those opportunities out. Right, but as you buy the railroads, you're compounding that. So you're going from 25 to 50 to 100, then 200 for all four of them. Right. So, you know, one, I, I remember many times of playing, well, you bought the railroad, but you really, I was actually told by a couple of people that I was playing, you don't want to buy them or uh, you wanted to buy like a different one, which was their strategy. So as we're looking at strategies here, we're actually learning more about people and how people actually intercommunicate with each other. Oh yeah, well, in, in negotiation, I mean, think about how much negotiation goes on in a, in, a, in a board game, and this is where you know you learn about people and about yourself. Uh, you know, is is in the negotiation process that happens in so many of these games. Oh, that's that's very factual about that because um, the people I normally found found over the years and over the games is the more people that bought up front are doing more negotiating later because they they're like really down on money <laughs> or almost out of the game and they're trying to sell everything off and they're trying to, to stay in the game a little bit longer. And I've also found also um, on the contradictory side of that is when people spread it out, you know, taking their time, biting it and making, seeing how everything lays out and what lays is uh, they last longest and most of the time they actually win the game. Oh, that's that's exactly the, the the trend that we always saw when we were growing up was you know when you're taking your time, you're not racing to buy every piece of property that you can. You got to keep well, and and that actually translates really well into you know today's investing. So you know if I've got ten thousand dollars that came my way, and you know this is on on top of the bills and everything that, that they're already paid, but I got ten thousand dollars that came my way and I can invest that. Well, if I put that $10,000 into one investment, okay, and that investment does good, great. That investment doesn't do very good. You know, it's all in there. Mm-hmm. Now, next week, something else comes by that's a really good opportunity. Well, I don't have any cash on hand anymore to be able to improve my sitting by investing into something else. And so one of the things that, that you learn from these games is keep some cash in your pocket have some ability to be able to go into your next investment. Don't just have it all tied up. Now, there are going to be people who tell me that I'm absolutely wrong because inflation is going to eat up the value of your money. Well, it is going to eat up some of that value in the money, but not having that money on hand to invest is going to eat up the potentials for growth down the road way faster than inflation is going to eat up the value of my cash. Exactly. And another good board game that taught us those life life lessons is actually the game of life right where you know it's still it's still a game it's still it has to deal with what, what spots um spot you land on on the board on the board itself but that's how life is everything is you know coming at you and you don't know what's going to happen left uh like the unexpected things uh your car the car breaks down or the plumbing breaks on it or you become a parent or um, a death in the family, you know, these are all life lessons and 
in the game in that actual board game of life you go through pretty much everything from education to family life to retirement and to see where you end up at the end of the game isn't that kind of where we're at right now well you know that's that's exactly it you know and and you know there's there's a few things that have you know kind of kind of outdated themselves a little bit with the old version of life that, that we were used to playing, you know, as kids, but for the most part, yeah, I mean, it, 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 it's spot on and it is, you know, you've got to have, you know, some kind of reserves and planning for that unknown and that unexpected. And I know that, you know, with what I do for a living, you know, <laughs> so, so acutely, you know, is that, that you, we, we can plan for tomorrow and we can plan for six months from now and we can plan for five years from now, but really the only thing that exists is really right now. And, uh, you know, we, we can, we've got to build with optimism, but plan for those unexpected things to happen all the time. Okay. And you've got to do that financially as well as, you know, you know, just, just saying, yeah, okay, I got a plan for the future, you know, as far as what my goals are. With, with that, with those comments, what's one thing that we as listeners and we as participants in this game of life that we're actually listening to right now, what's one thing that we can actually change or, or improve on? to make a better life for that? Well, I think, you know, to, to start off, you know, you know, it, I'm going to tie into your last week's uh, podcast was, you know, y- your mindset, you have to guard that. And that's, that's something everybody can do, do better. Uh, you know, we're constantly being bombarded with two things that one of them doesn't sound so bad. We're always seeing all these wonderful, amazing things people are doing. Mm-hmm. that's awesome that's great and it's uplifting and it's motivation but it's also lies you know when we only see uh, the best things that are happening to people it creates this false sense that everything is great mm-hmm. and nobody you know nobody on the internet has a bad day or we completely get bombarded with all these negative things and they kind of give you that that feeling that you know there's there's gloom and there's doom and world war three is on its way and 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 that can derail you from getting your goals accomplished because it can paralyze you from both directions and so you've got to guard your mindset and that's what everybody can do better you know think about the things you're grateful for think about the the things you can do not the things that are out of that are out of your control really focus on those things okay I appreciate you turning in last tuning in last week uh, to actually catch the show. And thank you for bringing that up because maybe some, somebody actually really needed to hear that today. So that actually will actually spark them to actually say, okay, well, we got these little tidbits of information. Let's, let's go back, see what else is there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that brings us to like the next, um, the next topic that we can talk about or board game we can talk about is shopping spree. We all shop. Shopping nowadays is actually at our fingertips before we actually, when we had to actually get up, get dressed in our, in our Sunday best to actually go out in public and actually buy things at department stores where somebody would actually maybe see you, uh, you know, that, that game there, I remember playing that with my sisters and, you know, it was actually structured around this thing called the mall and they had all these shops and the food thing and whatnot. But you actually had a certain amount of money that you were like your allowance, if you will, if you're playing it to actually go through and see what you can buy, what you had. And uh, the gist of the game is at the end of it, you see either how much money you had left or you can play it as see how much things you actually bought. And uh, 
um, where you, where you end up in the middle. So, what's your where do you think the mindset is playing that game, especially when it's targeted to, to younger females, younger girls, and whatnot, into they are today as they grow up and actually how they see shopping and how they see their money and how they actually now that instead of going out to places or playing that board game, they actually have it at their fingertips. They have it on their phone. They have everywhere. Everywhere is an ad. Well, you know, it's interesting to see, you know, how, how habits have, have changed shopping wise, you know, and the fact that, shopping is considered a form of therapy by some yeah go spend your money and get these shiny baubles and feel better about yourself for today uh, you know there's there's a lot of ingenious things that are there to design you know that are designed to you know take your money out of your pocket and put it in somebody else's <laughs> and uh, you know the the idea I, I haven't played this game much uh, but the entire idea that uh, you know that that you're going to run out and you can win by having the most shiny objects. Uh, and then at the end of the day, you don't have anything to build for your future. Or, you know, the idea being that, hey, maybe I can get out to the mall, have a good time and keep my cash. Uh, but right. but overall, you know, like like that whole mind, mind of the mall, you know, we used to go there, you know, as kids in person. And it was a big social thing. You know, we go hang out at the food court, the arcades, you know, go, go do the shopping. It was a social thing. And it seems as if we've completely devolved from that on the shopping to now, you know, the shopping is point, click, point, click, shiny bubble, shiny bubble, and just watching that money just evaporate out of your account. Uh, it, it, it's kind of interesting that the lessons that, that, that we were kind of handed as kids really kind of did help build some of those bad habits of let's just keep spending because we're going to feel better by doing that extra spending. Right. And, and nowadays we don't have that luxury of actually keeping cash because not a lot of people keep cash anymore. And you don't take accountability of it. Hey, I am actually taking this out of my pocket and giving this to you for something. Instead, it's like, here's my card. Just take it. You know, I'll, I'll go adjust it later in my, in my uh, registrar or I'll see it on the credit card statement and we'll just pay for it later. And it makes it easier to part with your money when you're not seeing that physical money change mm-hmm. hands and you're, you know, just, you know, it's, they're just numbers on a screen, right? They start right. to mean less. And the, what you've had to do to get it means less. You know, I had a, I had a little sister that thought as long as mom had checks, there was money. And, you know, it was like, <laughs> well, well, you have a check, uh, but that doesn't mean we have money. And it's how much more compounded is that with a piece of plastic? Yeah. Exactly. Well, the convenience was was more there with the check, but you still had to sit there. You still had to fill it out. You had to have like five forms of ID with you to make yeah. sure you're the one writing the check and not somebody else that took your checks. And then you got to sign and then they got to go out and they got to get approval for it. You know, well, when it's a credit card, just swipe. What's well, that? I'm, old, I'm old enough to remember asking myself, God, do I really want to go through that effort for this? <laughs> Is it worth it to write a check? You know, oh, it's gonna be, it's gonna be a pain. You know, whereas now it's uh, just uh, tap my phone on it. Thank you. Have a great day. Oh yeah, that, yeah. Everything's in your phones now. Uh, Google Pay. We have Amazon Pay. We have 
PayPal. We have brokerages now that actually do it for us and take it right out of our, our checking accounts. Like, oh, we'll give you a little receipt. You don't even get a receipt anymore. You get an email that goes into your spam folder that you'll see like maybe six months from now. And you'll wonder what this was for. If that, you know, <laughs> you know and it, it, it's interesting now, now they'll even ask you, do you want one at all? Do you, no, I don't need any, any, any paper trail. No, no history of this. I'm just out spending. So I feel good. Now <laughs> uh, there's that option too. And you look and see, and it's like, well, then you have to go and try to figure out what you did. That's another option. It's like, eh, I don't, don't have to worry about it. It's there was money in the account that went through. So I don't have to worry about it. Uh, and that's actually another board game that came up like way back when was Go for Broke. I'm not sure if you played that game yet, or I not, or if that's way before our time. But someone out there has played it. So what, what was the point of that? To run out of money as fast as you can? Pretty much, and get as much f- shiny fast things as you can get, um, in in the fewest turns, and get the oh, wow. the highest value later. Uh, if I am wrong on that, I will. I will give the phone number out. You can definitely call in and we can definitely discuss those rules and uh, how you actually got to play the game uh, compared to uh, and how that actually influenced you as well. So uh, we're definitely going to have some callers later on. I'm actually going to give the phone number out right now, Sean, before I forget before the break. So we can actually get this, get some people actually on here and, and hear their stories about board games along with ours. And to call that, it's a toll-free number. It is 1-866-472-5789. The phone number again is 1-866-472-5789. And we'll be glad to talk, you know, how board games actually helped you out or how or harmed you in some way as of, of uh, making bad money choices or actually spending time with family. A lot of people nowadays don't don't even spend time to play these board games. Well, and, you know that's that's something that uh, you have to you have to have intent. You have to right. really put that into your schedule. We're all so busy these days, and there's so many electronic distractions. And you know how often you know have I gone downstairs, and you know my boys are on separate video game machines. Uh, the TV's going, somebody else is on a laptop. I'm scrolling through my phone. So we've made it an, an effort once a week to try to pull everybody together and let's play a game. Uh, you know, there's so many great games that have been coming out left and right lately. Uh, in fact, uh, we've been playing one that's uh, money oriented and it's a uh, zombie life insurance. <laughs> zombie what? Zombie life insurance. <laughs> So it's kind of a card game, but it really breaks into the concepts of insurance, uh, critical care insurance, health insurance, life insurance, annuities, you know, building up towards, towards retirement. And there's two ways to win the game. You know, one of them is to stay alive and, and uh, have the most actual investments. Another one is to die and become a zombie and cash out on all your policies. So... It, it's been uh, it's been a very interesting game, you know, around the house that's been able to teach uh, teach some of these insurance concepts to, to to my kids, which is good because you know with what I do for a living, they're uh, you know a couple of them have eyes on that as they grow older, you know that hey, you know, let's go do what dad does. Uh, but it also is really good for understanding those concepts as an adult, for not having yourself 
overinsured, not having yourself underinsured and trying to find that sweet spot in the middle where you're not throwing money away, but you are protected for the future. It's been kind of a fun one that we've been playing lately here at the house. Okay. So with your, with the knowledge you have in insurance, being an insurance um, brokerage, or I'm not going to say salesperson because you're not, you're, they're coming to you for it and you're not going out. So right. I'll just leave it simplified and explain like that for the moment. Uh, so with your knowledge in your field, have you found that playing that game is a lot easier to play with people that don't know that knowledge? No. <laughs> because uh, when, when, you know, if they don't have that knowledge and they start playing that game, it's actually a little easier for them at first because at first they, they, they get messy and they make a mess and they, they play, you know, they, they play with a real sloppy style, but, and then, you know, once they understand those concepts, boom, like that. Now we have a real competitive game. Now, now it gets tough, but, but at first, at first, oh man, no, I, I, let's take a few minutes and let's go over these concepts. They actually included a second rule book in that game that explains the insurance concepts separately before they explain how they go in the game. <laughs> wow. So yeah. you have a rule book and then you have a secondary rule book that has to get read first before the primary one to play the game. Right. And they're short. They're small, like two page, okay. you know, pages, you know, front and back two pages. But if you don't know these words, these vocabulary words before you go into this game and how they function, oh, it's, 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 it's going to get you. <laughs> <laughs> well, then I guess you do become a zombie and you have no money left. Right. Like, but well, then that actually is your goal becomes to mess with everybody else and keep them from gaining money. <laughs> and there are actually it's players that will play goal. that way. <laughs> right. Well, that's actually how my wife plays. Uh, she racks up a real big insurance policy, gets herself killed as fast as she can, and then spends the rest of the game being a thorn in people's side. This worked for her a couple of times. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, now I know not to play against your wife like that or make sure she <laughs> dies poorly without the life insurance policy. So I'll make sure right. that happens <laughs> before that actually cashes in. Uh, like you were saying, like you were saying with the uh, the learning aspect of it. So you're actually taking the time to actually work with your family to learn these concepts so they can actually be a better person and actually understand what they need in life with this. Are yeah. you also including the life lessons with this? Well, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, um, there's, uh, there, there's so many lessons that can be learned from it. And, okay. Okay. you know, my kids are immersed in this stuff now which is something that I didn't have, you know, you know, most of us didn't have, you know, we're not, we're not surrounded by money concepts all day long. Uh, but my kids are, you know, they're, they're home with me most of the day. So they hear my conversations with my wife, who's also an agent and uh, they hear us talking about, you know, what we're doing to protect families and how that works. And, you know, they see what we're doing, you know, with money here and there and they're learning, you know, they're, they're about to get put on the payroll here officially here in a few months. And uh, so it, it's big that they're getting that opportunity to really learn these lessons now because, uh, you know, I was 40 when I started learning these with some intent. Oh, awesome. And, Sean, that's actually a great time to take a break. Uh, we are actually talking about board games and how they've affected our lives from childhood to now with money and investing and everyday life. 
Uh, we're going to take a short commercial break. And thank you for listening. And we'll come right back uh, after these short words. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics, strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business talk. Everyone deserves the opportunity to have access to the knowledge to make their own choices when it comes to where their money goes. Listening to Making More Money for You with Magnus Carter will give you that access. Investing isn't just for the wealthy. Making More Money for You, Tuesdays at 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Making More Money for You with Magnus Carter. If you have any questions for Magnus or his guests, join us on the show at 866-472-5789. That's 866-472-5789. Now back to the show. Here is Magnus Carter. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Making More Money for You show. I am your host, Magnus Carter. And that business line actually went by a little fast, so I'm going to repeat that phone number. We're actually going to take some callers if you're interested. It is 1-866-472-5789 if you're interested in talking to Sean and myself about board games and how they actually affected your monetary life and your ch- and your journey into adulthood um with me i do have a good friend of mine sean murphy and we are talking about the board games board games from way back when what board games that we've played board games that are actually coming out now and we are actually uh seeing how they relate to everyday life now and i actually use your money money and time john welcome back uh, thanks for having me again so in the first part of it, we talked about how Monopoly, uh, how Monopoly Payday, not really Payday, but Game of Life, Zombie Insurance, and Gone for Broke have actually helped shape our lives from children all the way up into adulthood by developing strategies, by money concepts, by using uh, the unforeseen items that come up in the board game and actually uh, interacting with people. So with those items being said, where do you see actual board games going in the future? 
Well, you know, a lot of people thinking that, you know, the board games are going away. And it's refreshing to see that that's not actually the case. Um, you know, there's new games coming out all the time. Uh, there has been a big push, you know, you, you see a lot of the, you know, adventure type board games, a lot of card games. Uh, but, you know, there's, there's, uh, they, they, I see that they're going to be coming out and they're going to be, you know, a little more combined with modern concepts, but I don't see them slowing down. You know, like I was saying, you know, with that zombie life insurance, you know, they take a concept that's, that's real impactful now that those people who were impacted by these games are getting older and they're creating their own games. Now these are the lessons that they're passing into a next generation. So I wouldn't be surprised if we start seeing crypto based games, um, you know, thing, things like that, that are, that are, that are going to break into, you know, some of this, some of the new modern way of doing things. Uh, speaking of crypto games, I was actually doing some research for our show and whatnot. There's actually a game out there that's called crypto cartel. It is a, Dead serious. No word of a lie. I actually seen it the other day, and it's it looks like a very uh, rambunctious and drawn-out game right there. The concept of the game is actually it is built on a person that is on the black market, in the black market type area type of thing, and what you're trying to do is actually exchange goods, black market goods, into cryptocurrency to make money, to buy either more more of the black market type of things such as uh, weapons and uh, biowarfare stuff, anything that would be associated with that, that you couldn't really go to a nine to, you know, like a Walmart or a target to get and sell to other people. And the actual thing of the game, the the plot of the game or uh, the main function of it is to see how to be the big guy. To be like a warlord of that has like so many items that uh that you've collected and actually have the money the big currency to you know take everybody's and uh expand an empire oh fun so, like anybody can be a tony stark exactly <laughs> i was thinking more or less like al pacino and scarface type of right. thing going on but <laughs> yeah, tony right. stark would work as well you know, we, we can do some shady arms deals over in uh <laughs> to the world <laughs> yep. but yeah it's actually <laughs> but it, it, it's interesting because a lot of people now are, are investing in the cryptocurrency because uh because they're actually taking money out of our normal normal uh system to money and actually building that system up by taking money out of one by taking money out of one you know it, it's it's a booming thing and it's also a very de- uh, very volatile environment to do that and the the game actually focuses around that. So it's kind of, they go hand in hand with that. That was actually kind of a, an impressive game to see. I think I'm going to have to check that out. That does sound kind of, kind of fun. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, Oh, and you will actually love the, uh, the graphics on it because there's a guy in a hazmat suit. So it's actually, it's actually quite um, impressive and, and goes with the motif of the game. But there are actually crypto um, games out there right now. There's card games, as you were saying. Uh, there are crypto. Um, how to convert your crypto your crypto uh, findings into a Lambo? That's actually one crypto. When Lambo is actually the game title, so oh. that's what you're trying to do is actually gain as much crypto as you can and buying all these luxurious things, which is pretty interesting, as well. 
But by before going out that far, a lot of these board games actually people weren't having enough time to do these board games. So they actually show put them into TV shows. Mm-hmm. And, and we don't really realize that until we're actually sitting down. It's like, well, someone asked you, like a like a small child or something asked you, it's like, well, where did this come from? Or if they actually want to know where it comes from, it's like it's a board game. And you know, you get that weird look in your face, it's like, what's a board game? Right. So <laughs> but uh one of the ones that transferred to that very well was actually Jeopardy and Wheel of Fortune. Actually, mm-hmm. two of them. And they're still going strong today. Yeah, you know, both of them, you know, had that had that origination. And yeah, I mean, think, think of, you know, how many people have had those two games be such a huge part of their life where, you know, it was the thing to do in the evening. The family is sitting down all together in a room and watching other people play a game. Right. Mm-hmm. And then, you, you know, and. Who who had the time back then to sit down for an hour and a half, you know, with with the kids? You know, when both parents are out of the house working, the kids are all going to school. Everybody comes home. Kids have schoolwork. There's dinner to be prepared and everything else. Everybody's exhausted. Everybody's tired. Can sit down and still watch somebody play those games though. Now, what's the money lessons that you learned from Jeopardy though? Well, more knowledge equals more money. That's That's the bottom line there. Uh, the more knowledge you have, and that's what a lot of the night, you know, a lot that relates to that is the more knowledge you had, the more money, the faster you can answer the questions, which would actually be um, reflexes to answer and having that, that mentality to answer a question quickly, rapid fire. It also goes back to cash reserves. How many of those games have been won with $1 left in the bank account because somebody was smart enough to know that even if they got the wrong answer, they can still keep that $1 in there and win if everybody else got the answer wrong too. So, you know, there's a little bit of that, keep some of that cash reserves on hand because that could be what puts you over the edge. Well, since you brought up the cash reserves and whatnot, one major game and it was still a board game, uh, also casino games and whatnot is the price is right. How many people have you known that actually got onto the stage with a $1 bid? $1 bid. That's right. (laughs) Because <laughs> everybody else went over, and that actually ties into the shopping spree game, the uh, the retail game of you know commerce of whatnot, and also everyday life that you actually see these things, and you actually kind of associate a value with them, like when people when they were offering the cars, the trips, the dining room sets the coffee maker the whatever else they were trying to to, etc it's like what's that value of that dollar that you have exactly and are you willing to say that's the price that you would put on that item Mm -hmm. and actually have it there so you actually seen a lot of people there that associate well this is worth five dollars to me or that trip right there is worth three thousand dollars to me when in actual fact it's only 17.99 right yeah there's a lot of lessons in that game as far as, you know, what's the value of your dollar? Yeah. With the, and the ever changing dollar amount of that as well. And, and then they would actually, to make things actually worse or harder for the contestants, they would actually group things together. Mm -hmm. So you don't understand. It's like, well, how does this relate? This item relate to this item, like a pair of jet skis and a car instead of a truck. So they would actually have those two things or jet skis and 
a dining room set. So now you're thinking there, it's like, why would I want to buy these two items? So they're actually trying to market that to you to get your mind to think that way. And then you're, you know, they're also, you know, kind of tripping you up if you're that guy who's like, man, I know everything there is about the prices on these jet skates. Yeah, well, do you know the price of the dining room table? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And another yeah. distra- distraction is they have the assistants there. So, oh, yeah. you know, you, you get that mindset. It's like, where do I focus my, focus my uh, energy at or focus my mentality? It's like, do I want to watch the person walking by holding it? Or do I want to watch what or hear the description of the announcer that's saying it? It's like, mm-hmm. which one do you want to do? Well, and, and you, that ties right into the modern day marketplace, too, is that sensory overload option. You know, um, when you think about it, you don't shop with your your logic. Um, you know, in fact, one of the things we're, we're constantly talking about around here is your mind is not your friend. Uh, your mind is uh, easily <laughs> controlled, easily manipulated, and there are you know markets constantly competing for that attention, and they're doing it in such subtle ways that you don't realize it. Like Burger King pumping that wonderful smell out the roof. Well, that's not what their food really smells like, but that's what those scents are are, are going to do, and that's that's going to you know start to pull you in there. Now you're not thinking, man, I just ate an hour ago, but I'm going to go give you five, six, seven bucks now, right? Uh, because uh, that smell was just so good. And if we can distract you with those things, pretty girls walking by holding the item. So we're giving you the item description. We're playing the music in the background, got the bright colors. We've got the pretty girls. Now your brain can't function logically thinking about what is the actual value of this item you're about to spend your money on. And they also have food board games like that as well. I think Burger Time was one of them that actually – you were actually the cook and then you had to make these things and then you had to sell them and you had to buy so many of them. Do you want fries with that? Do you not want fries, diet soda, regular soda? You know, we see. And then when they are actually offered the toys that were board games or puzzles or toys or anything like that, it would actually focus more on the kids and whatnot. Because even if we, you remember the board games, uh, certain restaurants actually had so you would actually behave and your mind would actually be all right and then you know you're in a an environment where there's other people around but you're actually in this little bubble because you're actually enthralled with this little board game that's actually happening on the table a good thing to do um an example of that is actually dave and busters yeah dave that that's exactly that you know and how easy is it for you to go into a Dave and Buster's and overspend real easy because you start to have that you're, you're having such a good time that, that, you know, it's hard to separate, you know, the, the fact that you're, you're spending money while you're doing it. Right. It just, just comes out real quick and, and it's brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. And, and especially cause I actually did some research on the monopoly game. You know, as you were, we were talking about before in the first part of the segment is times change. Mm-hmm. Everything else has to change with the time where it gets left behind. That's pretty much what the what the notion is, and a lot of authors have said that in their books and in movies and whatnot. Monopoly. There are over three hundred different types of Monopoly games out there that range from the classic versions to the paper money, uh, uh, the cards, the to- you know the 
the little personalized trinket thingies that we we all wanted to be. Normally, the race car because the race car was the coolest one. Oh yeah, and uh, <laughs> you've seen actually how that actually got in a makeover to uh, different. Besides being in New Jersey, is other parts of the globe. We've also had where they actually. I remember the short time where they had the Mac Mac card one, and mm-hmm. it never worked because the magnetic strips were always die on them. Right. Because it's like, oh well, I gotta go put money in my account. Well, now I can't get money out of it, and now I'm broke because the machine's not working. So, so that's more or less more like today is you lose your card, you lose. Uh, your sensibility of where a Mac machine is or there's fees of associated with taking money out or putting money in it. And there's that fact as well as these board games, even I think that was in the nineties, the nineties kids were already starting to convert over to digital money, EFTs, mm-hmm. uh, brokerages, online, online bill pay. You know, that was, that was starting to come out. Yeah. And, you know, how do you, Seeing that actually happen and actually looking back now, how, how much of that have you just realized in the last 10 minutes? You know, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. It's, you know, when you think about, you know, they were ahead of their time with what was really becoming the trends. You know, they were talking about that with that Mac card while we still had pagers and big brick cell phones. And, and we're going, yeah. now we're really going back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, was, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm up there in age, you know. But it, it, it's like you know, when, when they were coming out with that stuff, you know, people were like, oh, okay, that's kind of gimmicky. Is it really going to catch? Now we're having that conversation about NFTs. People are saying, oh, it's kind of gimmicky. Is it going to catch? Well, yeah, it's going to catch. <laughs> um, and you know crypto went through the same thing you know and gosh how many games are there now and these games you know that you that you've just enlightened me to a couple of them i've been taking notes on some games i'm going to have to try here for family time and if we've got you know all these games you know that are that are coming out that really is you know is it is it organic is it these games that just became in existence because of these trends or are these trends gaining a foothold because of the games you know how much of that is going each direction so now now we're talking the the chicken or the egg type of thing going on here it's like what's what's driving it right are the games manipulating the uh currency types or are the currency types manipulating the games we play well i know of a movie that actually foretold all of this before and a lot of people have forgotten i said this is what I remember telling people that I'm like, this is going to be our future as I was watching the movie. It wasn't total recall, but it was close to it. Um, it was actually minor- minority report mm-hmm. where everything is marketed towards the person, mm-hmm. wherever you look, wherever you uh, shopped, wherever you clicked on something, it was constantly getting you. And we seen it start with board games going into digital board games Actually, the board games that are on our consoles now and computers, mm-hmm. well, you can even play those free online now with other people across the world. Right. Yeah. And, and, and the marketing that, that's coming, you know, is really so personalized. It's so personalized. And, and you're absolutely right. You know, what you, what you start focusing on is what grows. 
And some of it is through intent of, you know, you focusing on something with intentionality to make it grow. Some of them are, you said something out loud and Google heard you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And so now you've focused on it. So now, now it's going to grow because now you are going to be seeing those consistently. In fact, I'm sure for the next few weeks, I'm going to be overloaded with how many uh, board games I'm going to be offered. I'm probably going to buy a bunch of, because you know, marketing works. (laughs) (laughs) You're right. And how, and you're going to introduce them to your kids and the family members, like I'll end up doing, and then they'll grow and they'll, they'll gain um, traction with that because one, the sales will generate it. And two, it's marketing because, Oh, I just played this perfect game. You know, word of month mouth is still one of your best marketing tools out there uh, by far. And you put a picture or a TikTok video or a Facebook live video saying you're playing these games. You know, you have four or 500 people there and you're going to go out and look at it and possibly buy the game. So it's, it's perfect. Well, and we have so much more of a ripple effect now than, mm-hmm. than we used to. I mean, you know, when, when, when we were young, you know, if we were into something, we might influence 50 people. If you're lucky, so 50, 50 people. people might influence, you know, another, you know, five or 10 each or, you know, whatever, you know, very small ripples. But now, I mean, you just look at what goes on with, um, with everything being, you know, online and, and with social media accounts and things like that, those word of mouth ripples are so much wider than a lot of people realize. I mean, um, I didn't pay attention to it until I started working for myself, but I get friend requests now uh, on social media or, you know, followers or whatever from people all over the world and countries that I was like, oh, where is this country? You know, I've had to go look up and I know a lot of countries, you know, but there's some new ones out there that I would, yeah, who's that? And so when you think about that kind of a sphere of influence, the the decisions you make and the things that you promote really stretch further than, than you even comprehend. You know, it's crazy. It, it does. It is crazy because it, it, it correlates all the way back to our mindsets when we start playing these games. Now, when you play these games, when you're growing up, did you notice that you took bits and pieces to make your own strategy or did you completely mimic somebody until you got the hang of it? You know, that's that's a really good question. You know, think about that, you know, probably a little bit of a hybrid of both. Um, You know, there are some games that, you know, the rules are complicated. You got to mimic somebody long enough to get your feet under you. Then you start playing with it and, you know, getting creative and making it your own. Others, you, you look at them pretty quick and go, oh, okay, I got the concept. You guys are all doing it wrong. I'm coming in and I'm going to do it this way and I'm going to win. I'm going to beat all of you. you know? <laughs> now, now, do you see that mindset when people come to you and ask you for advice on insurance and policies and whatnot as well? You know, uh, for the most part, when people are coming to me and, and they're looking for help with it, uh, you know, with policies, um, there's two types of people. There are those who know exactly what it is that they want and what it is that they need and how much, and they're just looking for a place to make that purchase. And they want somebody that they can trust and somebody, you know, who has access to all the options. And then the other people that I get are like I was when I first started out in this deer in the headlights, something bad happened to them or something bad happened to a friend or a family member. And they saw the financial devastation that that can cause 
and now they need answers. And so they're looking for somebody who's got those answers for them and can help them construct something that they only have an abstract idea of what it is, you know, that they want. Much like, you know, um, I'm, I'm sure you've run into it with, uh, you know, with investor friends um, that are getting started, you know, they have an idea of what they want, you know, yes. but they don't have a defined vision of what that is. And they're looking for somebody to kind of help guide them through those murky waters into something that's right for them. And, you know, that's, that, that's what I love most about what I do is being able to help families before it gets to where there's financial devastation and help them plan for those futures. And that's one of the reasons why I start writing books because mm-hmm. throughout my career, my nine to five career and investing career and meeting all the people that I have when I travel and whatnot, I, that's the constant issues I've been seeing all over is people don't understand the concept of money. Mm-hmm. And some of these games that we're talking about, taught us the fantasy way how money works but they were never really shown us the proper way how to use it towards getting the things they want in life instead of it being the ends of a means and that's one of the main things that i focus on in my first book is you know you have to take accountability we're going to go back to episode one real quick of being mindful about it and being in the present right now where you are and you know, that correlates to where you're at in the game because all in all, life is a game, whether you play it or not, or choose how to play it. And we find that out day by day. Uh, the rules change. There are no set rules. One set of rules will not work for another set of rules. But to wrap, wrap this all up into one is every player is different and every player has their, their strategy, whether they realize it or not. And, you know, that's what it is. And uh, Sean, we're almost out of time, but I want to give you some time to tell the people of this great, you know, the people listening in is how can they contact you for your services? And uh, let's, let's have some information about you and, you know, what else you do. Sure. So, you know, my name's Sean Murphy. Uh, You know, my wife and I uh, run Murphy Insurance and Financial Services. We're a offshoot of Symmetry Financial Group. Uh, so we provide uh, life insurance options for protecting your mortgage, uh, protecting, you know, income replacement, final expense. We also help with annuities and debt-free life programs. Um, we also, you know, are here to help families, you know, save money where they can and build money uh, in other ways. Uh, you know, one way we help families save money is through our uh, Quility uh, pharmaceutical card. And it gives pharmacy discounts and everybody's got a pharmacy discount card. You know, they're all over the place. Well, what's nice about this one is uh, it doesn't track by, you know, how many pill count or, you know, what's the bottle size. It tracks by active ingredients. It's accepted at 35,000 pharmacies across the U.S. And it's also good for pet meds. How many people have got pets, you know, and, you know, a lot of the uh, other cards, they don't do anything for pets. You know, and more and more families treat their pets like family members these days. And are shelling out a ton of money to protect them. So you can reach me at 206-291-5218 via direct line uh, for the phone. Or you can find me at seanmurphyins at uh, outlook.com. Or you can find me uh, out there on Facebook as well under uh, Murphy Insurance and Financial Services. Well, 
Sean, everybody, thank you for tuning in. It's been a pleasure talking about this, uh, how board games influence our lives, and we had a great conversation. Uh, this is Magnus Carter uh, wishing you a great day. Thank you, Mom. Thanks for listening to Making More Money for You with Magnus Carter on the Voice America Business Channel. We look forward to the next show where we will be making more money for you. Until then, have a fantastic week.